0: This is, wait, what? Politics with Zuma and Steele. Wait, what? Is your political recap. We'll tell you who's making news and what it means to liberals and progressives everywhere. And we'll interview the newsmakers that make it happen. So from the nation's capital, here's reporter Jimmy Zuma. And from the great state of Arizona, here's Senator Victoria Steele.
1: Hi, and welcome to Wait What? Politics with Zuma and Steele. I'm Jimmy Zuma in
2: Washington, D.C., and my good buddy is... I'm Victoria Steele, Jimmy's good buddy in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> good morning. Oh, my gosh. Today's oh, my the day. gosh. Woo-hoo. Jimmy, this has been so amazing. You know what's most amazing of all? What? Nancy Pelosi listened to our podcast, and she made the decision to go ahead and begin impeachment.
1: She did exactly what we asked her to do. Thank you, Nancy.
2: Thank you. She must have
1: listened to it the same day, too, because I'm sure it took a couple of days to pull all this (laughs) off. This is really incredible. It's a really incredible set of developments that the the House Democrats have unified around an impeachment inquiry, um, which is the same thing as impeachment proceedings. Yeah. Uh, in case, in case you're one, wanting to parse your words even more, yeah, which is yeah. the same thing as uh, impeachment. Now, this is happening. Of course, how it works is uh, the House acts as a grand jury investigating the crimes that were committed makes a decision votes the senate an impeachment referral to the senate and then the senators act as the jurors in a trial making the decision whether or not to uphold the impeachment and remove the in this case Donald Trump from office now wouldn't that be nice
2: <laughs> that would be nice but we'll see we'll see yeah. what happens but it's a early. Um, regardless um, i i wanted to tell you that I, the the polling on on all of this has just been incredible now i had it all written down here and i'm looking for it there it is okay so um the polling is changing Hourly, daily, rapidly, on, this, on, on, yeah, rapidly, and there's more and more support in the polling from people um, for the impeachment proceedings. Uh, mm-hmm. Political has a morning consult poll out, and it shows that 43% of the voters think Congress should begin the process of impeachment, with an equal number of poll respondents saying that Congress should not begin impeachment proceedings, and another 13% of voters undecided. That's a big jump from the day before.
1: (laughs) Right. Why that's interesting is a week ago, pro-impeachment opinion was 10 points below the anti-impeachment opinion. So it's grown 10 points in one day. And the other interesting thing about that poll, which I enjoyed reading too, was that it was taken two days before Nancy Pelosi announced the impeachment and one day after. So it doesn't even fully reflect uh, the effect that Democrats have, have had, but it's clear that we've, learned instantly that the Democrats leading has changed opinions.
2: That's right. That's right. And I got to tell you, Jimmy, I I was, I was, I was in Phoenix the last couple of days. And so when I was up there and I was listening to, after Nancy Pelosi made her announcement, um, her news conference or whatever, um, I started listening to this conservative talk show radio show in mm-hmm. phoenix and they were it was weird it was weird it's unlike anything that i've ever heard from this radio show it's very conservative right wing phoenix arizona y- you know you know the type mm-hmm. um and they're always very cocky very um blowhards yeah yeah
1: they're blowhards kind of like yeah me. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. But in a bad really, way. Really,
2: well, you know, I mean, not necessarily a bad way. They do good radio, however, yes. um, very right wing. Um, but on that day, I noticed a real difference. They were talking about um, the impeachment process and if it starts and, oh, my God, what do the Democrats do? Do they really want Pence to become the president? And, and you know, and they, they really went into this, oh, my God, defensive stand. Right. And I thought that was fascinating. You know, and I, I'm looking at this from a, a counselor's point of view, thinking, hmm, that's interesting. There's a definite shift there. The next day, yesterday, on my way home, I'm listening again. And it had shifted all the way from this defensive to, well, do you think he's going to resign? Do you think he's going to just... You know, they, were, they were talking as if Trump leaving office soon is is a foregone conclusion they were just talking about how it was going to happen right, you right. say, well do you, do you think that he'll just spring it on everybody and say i quit now or he'll make a deal saying i'm going to bargain with you and yeah. i'll finish out my term as president and i won't run for reelection, or do you think they're going to come in and just slap the handcuffs on him and go and they had changed their tune completely, completely. it sounds
1: like in 24 hours they already buried the body <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, my God. And they were talking about who would replace him. They're talking, oh, John Kasich, Kasich he's, he's a nice guy. Everybody really likes him. It's like, oh, are you kidding me? That was just bizarre. And I got to tell you, I'm feeling hopeful. I'm, I just am.
1: Yes. Well, you can't help but be hopeful. And, you know, I kind of want to pile on to what you're saying, because I watched the Senate yesterday. I mean, that's where my eyes were glued in the Senate. Um, And I saw a similar level of deflation. And uh, it was clear that senators who would, you know, automatically supported Trump in the past uh, were starting to think about, does my support for this guy kill my career? I mean, that's where they were. So senators were a combination of, oh, I haven't read the complaint yet, which is the big excuse for not having an opinion. Never used by somebody who wants to get on TV, by the way. Um, Or we have to wait and see how it plays out. Or these, you know, about a half dozen senators, including Mitt Romney and some others said, these are really concerning things that we need to look carefully into. But then... Mitch McConnell allowed a hundred to nothing vote, a vote that was unanimous in the Senate. He allowed it to happen that called on the White House to release the full transcript. And there was a similar vote in the House.
2: Yeah yeah and 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 let's just let's just uh, get real about this this whistleblower complaint. Um, I'm going to read just part of it, but if you haven't read it, you need to. You need to. It's it's not that long. It's really actually quite easy to read, and it's it's outrageous. It's it's incredible, um, and it starts with, "Dear Chairman Burr and Chairman Schiff, I am reporting an urgent concern, in accordance with the procedures outlined in blah blah blah, a bunch of numbers." This letter is unclassified when separated from the attachment. Uh, In the course of my official duties, I have received information from multiple U.S. government officials that the President of the United States is using the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. election. This interference includes, among other things, pressuring a foreign country to investigate one of the President's main domestic political rivals, rivals, the President's personal lawyer. Mr. Rudolph Giuliani is a central figure in this effort. Attorney General Barr appears to be involved as well. Wow! Just that—that's the it's first unbelievable. and that is absolutely incredible. That—that's we—we have put this on our the the uh, entire whistleblower complaint. We've put it on our Facebook page. So if you go to wait what. Politics yeah. with Zuma and Steel, Facebook. You'll see it there.
1: Yeah, you go mm-hmm. ahead and actually, if you're I, listening I, I, to this and I you want to follow along, just pull it out while we're talking. But keep listening. <laughs> don't forget. Don't forget to push play again after you get it. <laughs>
2: don't stop listening. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Then you yeah. should too. Now, now that we know Nancy there <laughs> ever
1: was an indicator that you should listen, that was it. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> It That's seems it. <laughs> like the whole nature of the whistleblower complaint is that half a dozen people have come to this guy in his official role. Now, he's a CIA employee that was detailed to the White House. We know that much. Uh, and half a dozen White House staffers have come to him and say and they witnessed illegal <laughs> conduct. And they witnessed the cover up by White House lawyers of the illegal conduct.
2: That's right. They they put this on an extreme secure
1: Right. They put it on a national security website to cover it up so that people couldn't, you know, or web or a file system to cover it up so people couldn't get to it. It limits the access of people who can get to it.
2: And now there is audio of Trump threatening the whistleblower saying, um, "There's the audio is all over the social media and says, He's saying, I want to know who's the person, who's the person who gave the whistleblower the information because that's close to a spy. And he goes on to insinuate that whoever has done this, that the whistleblower or anybody who gave the whistleblower information um, should be executed. As you
1: know, when we used to do that, it was to shoot them. That's what we used to do with spies. We'd put them against the wall and a firing squad would shoot them. But what I found most interesting about that particular interchange with Trump, um, you know, at that meeting where he was giving his little talk, um, is how he used the language. He didn't say whoever lied to the whistleblower. He said whoever gave the whistleblower the information. So he's not even in a position to deny that right. it happened that he did what he was, the whistleblower said he did. And, that, and that's, of course, not just related to this call, but it's related to months of other activity at the White House. You know, Trump would have said lied if he thought he could get away with saying lied. <laughs> you know, or maybe it was a slip of the tongue. Maybe he accidentally told the truth. I don't right, know. Right. But it was very conspicuous can't. to me that he didn't, that he said whoever gave the whistleblower the information and applies a certain truth to it.
2: Well, you know what's different this time? Trump himself. He's different. He looks different. He sounds different. He sounds like he is now out of control. He he sounds scared. He's going to do something differently. Now, uh, you know, and when it comes to him, that's a really scary thought, actually. You know, it doesn't mean he's going to give up. It means he'll probably up the ante. And do something else really seriously crazier than any of the seriously crazy stuff that he's already done. So I, I, I think we need to be just on guard for whatever happens next. But he is not doing well. This is this is not. I, I've never seen him like this. I could hear it in his voice when he was doing his his. Um, uh speech the other day was it was yesterday the day before and what was really fascinating mm-hmm. was the nicole wallace um on msnbc that's a great talk she show by a, the way a highly a recommend it. she she actually cut him off yeah really is nicole wallace is excellent and she said I, i'm sorry we, we we we're going to have to interrupt because the, the president is lying he is not telling the truth
1: Right. Right. We're not going to listen to him lie. That's a, that's a real sea change in the media if you think about it. We didn't even used to use the word lie before Trump. You know, it was considered bad form to use right. the word lie about a liar right. <laughs> um, in the press and for journalists. And, you know, of course, now everything has changed. Um, it's it's apparent in his tweets, too. I mean, there's this crazy tweet from this morning, if you read it about where he criticizes CNN coverage about him calling um, Chuck Schumer a name. And his complaint is that they left an apostrophe off of how he said the name. According to him, he said it with an apostrophe, and they didn't. And that was his big complaint about how they always get things wrong. But here's the best part. He didn't call it an apostrophe. He called it a hyphen. Oh, my God. You know, if he wasn't in such a scary position, we'd be laughing our, you know, heinies off about
2: this. (laughs) He he really is. um, I'm I'm just watching. This is different. This is huge. Jimmy, we are we are right
1: right. Well, you know, it's worth talking about how it all got started too. I mean, basically, what broke this logjam was the seven freshmen who are from districts that they took from Republicans. Gil Cisneros of California, Jason Crow of Colorado, Chrissy Houlihan in Pennsylvania, Elaine Loria of Virginia, um, Alyssa Slotkin of Michigan, and Abigail Spamberger. He's probably the only name you've heard of. And she's in Virginia. But the most interesting story of all is Mikey Sherrill, uh, a woman, Mikey Cheryl, known uh, to all as Mikey, but I think her name is Michelle. She's the, kind of, she's the one that got this whole thing going. And you know we have some real good original reporting about what she was up to and, and, and what affected her uh, thinking on this. And she just woke up after she heard about it and said, we can't be quiet about this anymore. And she started texting the other seven freshmen. And these are the people that Nancy Pelosi has been protecting, okay. by the way. Um, and they are all people who have either a CIA background or a military background. That's part of how they want in Republican districts. And they all said... We can't ignore this anymore. We can't duck this anymore. And together, they said, we have to say something. And they all published a joint op-ed in the Washington Post that she wrote, and they all edited together in a Google document. And it was a scathing indictment of uh, Donald Trump. And that's really, I think, what broke the logjam. When the people that Nancy was protecting said, we don't need your protection. We're doing what's right. Then she was in a position where she needed to do what's right. And then all she needed was us telling her to do it. To make it happen,
2: <laughs> and, I, and 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 yes, of course. And now, now I remember a couple. You know, when we, and when we did our last show, you had said that, um, and I just thought this was true. Nancy has two things that appear to be sort of conflicting with each other that she has to do. And one is politically protect so that Democrats can, can maintain their, their majority in the, in the house and protect those who are in these, these flippable districts like these seven people are. And, and the other thing is she has a duty to, um, stand up for the oath that she took in office to protect her constitutional duty and and i think that other congress people especially these seven here said okay political risk be damned we have to do this we have to we swore that we would we made an oath
1: right and if If they didn't cause her to do it, they were certainly the most influential members in getting her to do it. Because a lot of, uh, you know, Jerry Nadler, long time favoring impeachment, but loyal to Nancy Pelosi. A lot of people in the Senate or in the House are loyal to Nancy Pelosi. And now the result of that is over 220 Democrats have supported the uh, beginning of the impeachment process. And that's more than are needed, by the way. 218 is all that is needed to impeach the president. Now, we don't know that all these people will vote to impeach, but we do know that they have all taken the first step. More than enough members of the House of Representatives have taken the first step, and to his credit, Justin Amash, who basically got run out of the Republican Party for saying Trump's a crook, uh, joined them, and um, they can do it.
2: So, what do you think happens next? I mean, can they um, could they do this before January? You know, and House I don't know why
1: this committee is staying in over the congressional recess. Now there's a 2 week congressional recess that starts any day now. I think it might be Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and they're staying behind to Good. move forward with this. I know that they're currently negotiating with the whistleblower's lawyer to seek testimony from the whistleblower, not open testimony, but closed testimony. Um in which we may very well see a transcript of that. They can release a transcript of their closed testimony um, to the public. It's not the same as seeing the whistleblower in person. Um, I think the whistleblower is a pretty high-level official myself. Um, and I'm you still. Do? I'm still leaning towards Dan Coates or Dan Coates's assistant. They huh. will also be subpoenaed to testify. So it'll interesting. be interesting to see how that works. Yeah,
2: that'll be that's this is this is huge. This is all huge. And 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 Nancy Nancy Pelosi was all over the TV this morning talking about this and, and she's basically calling out um, the AG that he should, right. he should be recusing himself. He is mm-hmm. mentioned in this, um, the, the testimony of, of uh, oh, what's his name? God, I can't remember the guy's oh, name. Bill Barr. Yeah, Bill Barr. Yeah. Um, that he should be recusing himself. And, right. and he is named in the whistleblower complaint, not once, but numerous times. So yeah. I don't think, and you we, know. We uh, saw what
1: he did with the Mueller report, too.
2: Yes. Yeah. um, That was so insidious. It
1: went a long way toward it being buried. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing that I notice about this is that this behavior basically confirms all the things that were in the Mueller report. They were all in a similar vein. How can I cheat to win? Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks like to me, this is just a new election, a new country to use to help win that election, and a new. Made-up scandal about a Democrat to leverage votes. That's now, right. This is exact same thing that happened in 2016. It was Russia at the time. It was Hillary Clinton and this bogus story about her emails. and that's even weaved in here. Rudy Giuliani has mentioned both uh, Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and Clinton's email server in what's only a crazy conspiracy about how uh, that's really the, the server is really oh in the God. Ukraine now. Oh, <laughs> it yeah, just gets yeah. crazier and crazier with it guys. does
2: and and what do you think about the the fact that yesterday joseph mcguire now he is the acting director of the national intelligence agency and he was mm-hmm. testifying before the house intelligence committee and he said that um he admitted that he took the complaint first to the white house he mm-hmm. should have taken this whistleblower complaint to Congress. That's what he's mandated to do. But right. he took it to the White House. What is your thinking about that?
1: Well, he can't even say he was going to get legal advice to see what he should do, because that would have gone to the Justice Department. But he didn't. Yeah. He, you know, immediately when he got it, he walked over to the White House and said, this Look guy I said this. So here's your chance to, you know, decide what you want to do about it. And yeah. there their determination was that they should bury it, keep it from Congress, illegally withhold it. So it's not only the DNI that's illegally withholding it, it's people that are in the conspiracy with him to illegally withhold it. And that includes Donald Trump. And that includes one of several, one or more of several white house lawyers. Mm -hmm. So those people are all involved in a criminal conspiracy to withhold this information from Congress. And the information was that Donald Trump was involved in a criminal conspiracy to exhort extort the country from money they needed to keep their citizens alive,
2: yeah, and God, okay, so let's let's get real here. So they have an impeachment inquiry mm-hmm. and and the House votes to impeach. They send it to the Senate. What is the likelihood?
1: Well, the likelihood is low, but it's higher than it was, I think, by quite a bit. And the reason that is, is becomes because some senators have already um, uh, broken ranks. And they've already said this is serious and it needs to be looked into. Now, I go back to the Watergate era. I was uh, 19 when Nixon was um, forced to resign. And uh, I remember at that time, it all happened just this way. The Senate was um, roundly against it. You know, Uh, all the Republicans resisted it. And uh, in the end, a few broke ranks, and then there was a flood. As soon as everybody figures out being with Trump is more dangerous than being without Trump, it's over. And these guys have proven during the Trump administration that, number one, they're feckless and self-centered. They will do anything, support anything, say anything uh, to protect Donald Trump if they believe it helps them. But if they believe it hurts them, they'll do the opposite. They'll just as hard run away from him. And, uh, you know, like I said, the, the Nixon era, I actually have a complete copy of the Watergate hearing transcripts. It's 13 volumes printed by the GPO on that, with that green cover that we all remember from a long time ago. I followed it really closely, and this looks like exactly that. The progress here looks like exactly that. There was a revelation, then there was momentum, and then the momentum crossed to the other side and began to trickle into the Republican side, and then there was just a flood. So by the time this gets up to 20 Republicans who are, if they get 20, come out for it in favor of an impeachment, it's all done. Yeah. You know, that's all that's needed to do it.
2: This is incredible. We yes. are living in amazing times. We have never been here in the history of the United States. We have never been here. In the meantime, they've got some real crazy stuff going over in, in, in Britain, but in <laughs> the U.K. And <laughs> they're on oh. their
1: own, never been there before. Yeah, <laughs>
2: holy moly.
1: <laughs> but, you know, even if this impeachment isn't followed through on in the Senate, mm-hmm. the evidence that the House collects and the leadership that they provide, it does several things. One is it mm-hmm. keeps a, a 2018 campaign promise to rein in Trump. Yep. Um, It's what they were elected for. They were elected to do exactly this. You know, there's 90% approval in the Democratic Party now for impeachment. And it informs people's voting choices in the next election. So even if Republicans don't uphold uh, a stop to this criminal activity, stopping the president's criminal activity, that just gives voters a choice. You know, you can vote for a Republican who is fostering a criminal state. Or you can vote for a Democrat who may not be your favorite choice politically, but is attempting to keep everything on the up and up.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. This is, this is just, just incredible. I mean, every day it's like, I can't believe this is happening. But for the first time, I am now feeling hopeful. I don't know what's going to happen. I, my crystal ball has been broken for a long time, but I feel hopeful.
1: Right. So, I feel yeah. like Democrats are being Democrats again and they're gonna find they yes. like it. <laughs>
2: it's like, come <laughs> on, learn your spine go, you got one. Let's go already. Right. All right, let's do this. Yeah. So
1: Democrats, okay. if you're listening, go talk to your Republican colleagues and tell them to impeach.
2: hmm mm-hmm.
1: We'll see if they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's our
1: show for today. And I'd like to thank you for uh, listening to Wait What. We love your company. We love to um, hear your views. We also have a new country listening. It turns out it's France this time. Ooh la la. The other (laughs) other six foreign countries that uh, pay attention to us. We'll be doing a tribute to them on our Facebook page here real soon. Uh, (laughs) Like us, follow us, contact us. Uh, Jimmy at Wait What Media, Victoria at Wait What Media would love to hear from you. And thanks for listening. Thank Bye, you. Bye Victoria.
2: Bye Jimmy.
0: Well, that's it for today's show. If you find yourself saying, "Wait, what?" Don't worry, we'll be back next week. Subscribe to Wait What Politics with Zuma and Steel on your favorite podcast app or visit waitwhat.media and try out our quick takes. So here's the thing, commentary from Victoria Steele and the ZOP, topical explainers from Jimmy Zuma. I'm Monica Price.